What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Cameron. Welcome back to another episode of the Red Devil Roundup. Uh, back with a second episode in the space of a week, which is a bit, uh, a bit chaotic uh, based on my recent kind of upload schedule. But yeah, United played yesterday and it was actually a notable and I guess mention-worthy game. Um, there was a lot to take from it, both positives and negatives. So I think just in general or overall, there's a lot that we can kind of learn from it. And I guess following up from my previous episode, looking at where the club's at, where the club needs to go, where the club probably will go, uh, both next season and then I guess taking that sort of rebuild into the following seasons after that. Uh, I think we kind of learned a lot yesterday as well. So look, in relation to that, I said most of my episodes will be in relation to what's happening off the pitch more so than what's on it. But I think yesterday's game had a lot to discuss. So yeah, we're just going to look at the Norwich game and then kind of what we can take from that and what is going to kind of go on from here and whether United can probably finish top four as well. Because last week we looked down and out and much to my own surprise, Arsenal and Spurs both lost, United won, and we're right back in the hunt for top four as it seems. So I'm going to discuss that as well, discuss that as well and then look forward to the Liverpool game, which will come midweek. So put it simply, Cristiano Ronaldo, hat-trick. Um, almost deja vu from the Spurs game, to be honest with you. United went 2-0 up uh, early-ish on within the first half. And it was just the most 2022 Manchester United performance ever. Like Norwich, bottom of the table, already going down regardless of what happens in the remaining games. And we are the only team that I think could allow them to actually get back into such a game. Because it did at one point. And even just probably for the most part of the first half, other than maybe like last from 40 minute, minute 40 onwards, uh, it looked like United were cruising. And United should have been cruising. Against a team like that, with the lineup that we have and the strength that we had in that position from 2-0 up, you really should be going 3-4-0 up and putting those games to bed. All the best sides do it, not just in England. We're not talking about just Liverpool and City. Madrid will do that. Barcelona will do that. Bayern Munich will... God knows they'll do that in the Bundesliga. And I think Manchester United this season just have not been able to do that. There's been a very... I could count them on... You couldn't. Even, I could count them on one hand easily. I think, well, you had the Leeds game round one, maybe that Newcastle game when Ronaldo made his debut. Other than that, you'd be hard-pressed to find a really comfortable, dominant performance where you put the game to bed early and the scoreline suggested or showed that. Or actually, maybe the 3-0 against Spurs as well. I think maybe just those three games in the league this season. So, yeah, Ronaldo scored three goals. The first of which was, I'm not going to say tapping, but one-on-one with the keeper. Um, brilliantly assisted by Alanga, who did brilliantly, and I'll touch on him a bit later as well. Second goal, a tremendous header off an Alex Teller's corner. Um, rose above Norwich defenders to stick that in the back of the net. And I guess for the age that he is, to be getting that high meeting headers off corners in a stacked penalty but penalty area and to score is just, he is mind-bogglingly good. It is ridiculous, the ability that he still has when he's genuine, he's getting, he is pushing 40. He is getting very, very close to 40, even though his physique suggests he's probably in his mid-20s. Um, so to be scoring goals like that in games that matter as well, like, you know, we're not cruising at 5-0 and then he's got goal number six and it's just like, yeah, stat pad. It's every single one of the goals that he's scoring at the moment are very, very important. You saw it against Spurs, you saw it against Norwich and yeah, back-to-back home hat-tricks in the league is ridiculous uh, to be doing in his age in the Premier League. Uh, goal number three, free kick. Look, yeah, I think Tim Krull for Norwich definitely could have done better. Uh, he probably should have saved it, but again... He was looking confident. He's feeling confident. And honestly, most of the times he's lined up a free kick this season. I thought, God, no, please don't. Because his track record in maybe like last, probably like 10 years now, I reckon. Um, but otherwise, like probably like last five plus years. He's actually not been that good from free kicks given that in like 2008 uh, to like 2013, he was probably the most consistent free kick taker in the world. 
Uh, he kind of dropped off a bit in that sense. So a lot of times he lands off a free kick. I think please don't. But look, when he's playing like that, he's got two goals to his name and we need someone to step up. I'm all for it. And it's what you saw. Struck it well. Um, hit it towards the top corner. I wouldn't say he was in the top corner. Krul couldn't get enough behind it. And then it struck the post and went in. Um, and look, it actually, man, it puts... As much as that game was marred by some of the negatives, which I'll have to touch on as well, seeing the way he celebrates and the passion with which he's still playing actually puts a smile on my face. Like, it actually makes me so happy to see 37-year-old Ronaldo... Actually, this sounds wrong, but it makes me happy to see 37-year-old Ronaldo stuck in an, a poor, underperforming team that shows a real lack of ambition and to see him celebrate the way he did yesterday to get that win... Uh, it genuinely, it actually just makes me enjoy football. It makes me want to watch Manchester United because that sort of passion is something that you lack from so many players these days and especially Manchester United players at the moment. Uh, it was a brilliant goal. It was a brilliant hat-trick. And look, man of the match, no doubt. He played brilliantly. So yeah, no surprises there given the performance that he had. Uh, and it's a good result. It's a good result because Arsenal lost and Spurs also lost. So given that the only other two teams that... Really, we'll be competing for top four. And West Ham drew, actually, as well. I was watching that last night. So West Ham, I never really thought would be able to creep top four anyway. Um, they're still not out of it, but I just feel a lot less threatened by them than I do by the likes of Arsenal and Tottenham. So the fact that, look, West Ham have drawn, Tottenham and Arsenal have lost, and United are within three points, more or less. I think we're three points behind Spurs with the same number of games played, and we're level with Arsenal, but they have one game in hand. So realistically, they're probably the same as Spurs in the sense that they are three points ahead of us, assuming they win it. They've lost three games on the bounce now, so it's perfectly possible we're actually, we can jump them within the next game or so. Uh, so I think, yeah, looking at that is pretty... Well, I guess it's just good to see that we're actually somehow still in this. And the worst thing is, man, we're the architects of our own downfall because if we won so many of these games which we should have run this season, we would have cruised top four this year. And that's not even with us being brilliant. We could have underperformed the way we have and there are still games we could have put away and it would have been a shocking season, but we would have finished fourth quite comfortably because we could easily be like nine, 10 points ahead of uh, Arsenal and Tottenham. But the same goes for them as well. Like there are so many times when they probably look and think, you know what, we should have put top four away. And I guess that's why these three clubs are fighting where they are as opposed to being up even near Chelsea, you know, pushing for third or where they'd like to be competing for titles with City and Liverpool. But yeah, I guess that is exactly why these three teams are battling for top four and why it is actually, if you're a neutral, it's comical. It is genuinely, it would be hilarious watching these three teams battle it out for fourth place. As a United fan, watching the other two is hilarious and I'm sure I know Spurs and Arsenal fans that literally laugh at United week in, week out. It's just watching United for me, it's actually quite painful. But if you're a neutral, you would be loving this because it is comical. Just watching these teams drop points week in, week out to teams that they should be beating in performances that most of them actually should be winning as well. Uh, and just to kind of make these errors and mishaps every single week and to kind of, yeah, orchestrate your own or downfall, or you know, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, I mean, that's why we are where we are. That's why they are where they are. Uh, a player I want to touch on, Anthony Langa. Really, really happy for him and really happy with his performance against Norwich. He worked hard. He was brilliant. His forward press was tremendous, as you saw with the first goal. Uh, won the free kick for the third as well. And look, he's settling in. I mean, there's always going to be that kind of transition into being an academy player to a senior football. And especially when you have that kind of meteoric rise that you saw from the likes of Rashford, that you're seeing from the likes of him now in the sense that it's not a slow transition like you saw with Phil Foden over a number of years where, you know, his first season he'd kind of feature off the bench, play some, you know, bit part role in some smaller games like an FA Cup game against the championship side or something, uh, which you saw from players like Phil Foden. It was a very slow transition. He was always kind of on that radar and it took him actually a number of seasons to really crack that first team and be starting regularly. Whereas for United, because I guess our situation, how desperate we are and 
when you have like Martial and Diallo, we let go alone. Then Greenwood got arrested. And then Marcus Rashford's been underperforming. When you kind of put all of that together um, and think about it collectively, we didn't really have much of a choice but to promote someone from the academy. And that ended up being first and foremost Alanga. Uh, along with a few others on the bench as well that um, have been, you're not featuring, but yeah, been featured on the bench lately, like Hannibal and uh, Alejandro Garnacho. So yeah, I think given the amount of weight he would have on his shoulders, being a regular starter, and I'm sure he's enjoying it and lapping it up and it's great because obviously he's now a senior player and regardless of what happens, he's got a bright future ahead of him, whether it is or isn't at Manchester United. Uh, to be instilled with that responsibility in so many league games and so many important games now, it's a lot. And I think he's really done a great job at stepping up to the stepping up to the table. So really good performance from him again. And look, he's a consistent performer. Uh, he's not one of those players that'll be tremendous one week and woeful the next. He's generally been pretty good. Um, so yeah, great assist on that first goal. His forward press is something we need to see more of because we are shocking defensively, both sitting deep at the back and also with a, trying to, I guess, orchestrate a forward press to put an opposing back four under pressure. So great from him to win it back and assist Ronaldo. And then his run to win that, free kick, which ended up being Ronaldo's third goal, which won us the game. It was just his relentlessness. Um, he worked really hard. He got past one or two players, and then he kind of went into a 50-50, emerged on the other side, and won, drew in the foul. So there are a lot of players I've seen come through and play for United, or just pro fo professional footballers in general, that would not emerge with the ball there or be able to win that free kick. They could get dispossessed. And honestly, the way we were defending, if we got dispossessed in a situation like that, God knows how lethal that counterattack could be if Norwich went to break. So... Really happy with his performance as well. Um, so, going to have to touch on some negatives. Obviously, the fact we threw away a two-goal lead to Norwich City is unacceptable. It is ridiculous that we can allow ourselves to do that. Conceding goals, the first goal we conceded was right on the, I think, 46th, 47th minute. It was right on halftime. And we just left ourselves exposed. Uh, Norwich did well to break his down out wide, play through Dallo, and then Puki kind of made that run in behind and whipped it back stick. And then our back four was just out of line. It was just, Tellers had tucked in, he was covering, I think, the attacking midfield run. He was right next to Maguire, and that should be his area. Um, I know, I can understand as a fullback why he would want to tuck in and cover that space, but to leave the back post completely unmarked is unacceptable at uh, Premier League level. And look, I understand, yeah, you'd want more cover from the midfield so that, you know, they're dropping deep and therefore you don't have to make like make a decision as to, you know, do I support my centre-back and come in tighter? Do I sit deep and cover the back stick because that's my role? Uh, but either way, I think when you've got to play a running back stick, you've got to have more awareness than that uh, to know who's coming in to know, I guess, the danger that you face at the back post. And I'm generally a fan of him. Kind of lately, he's been frustrating me a bit. But the same, like, the same thing goes, and I'll touch on it now, is that we need new fullbacks. I've generally been pretty patient with them. I was patient with Mambasaka, patient with Shaw, patient with Tellers, and patient with Dello. But just looking at that rotation of all four of them, we've got we've got four decent fullbacks. But as far as I've seen this year, we don't have one brilliant fullback. You know, we saw Luke Shaw last year was tremendous, absolutely. But one year out of what seven, and then to know you know come off the back of that with an underwhelming season again, it's just not good enough. And we need someone that can attack, can defend, and is actually going to perform consistently and will be available consistently. Uh, and we just don't have that right now. Wambasaka, defensively, is a phenomenal fullback. I don't deny that. And I honestly think he should try playing centre-back, um, given his ability. But on the ball, he can be frustrating. Sometimes he's actually not that bad, but he just looks uncoordinated. But he's just, he's not it, and he doesn't have that X factor that you need. If you look at Cancelo, if you look at Trent Alexander-Arnold, you look at these sorts of plays, and that's what you need to be an elite-level fullback in the Premier League. That's what clubs that compete for the title need. 
This fullback role has become more and more important over the last five, six, seven, ten years, um, as opposed to back in the day in like the late 90s and early 2000s, when you had the likes of Gary Neville, who is, you know, most teams were playing a flat 4-4-2, especially in England. You had your left mid, your right mid, whether it was a Giggs and a Beckham, um, and you had the likes of Gary Neville or Dennis Irwin or whoever, you know, playing out wide at fullback. Your job was a lot more one-dimensional as opposed to what it is now. When you've got teams that are playing like a 3-5-2, 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3, whatever, uh, fullbacks are a lot more influential in the way that a team attacks now. And that's something that United are yet to utilize, I think, since we lost to Alex Ferguson. We saw a lot from the likes of Evra, from Neville, uh, even like Wes Brown, John O'Shea. But I think now looking at where we are, we've kind of taken steps backwards, um, especially with the game, the way that the game has transitioned in recent years. And I'm just trying to think like our fullbacks really, we actually young, he was never like decent player. And I think when he played under Alex Ferguson, he was actually quite, it was brilliant, but he never really at fullback was that level that we needed to kind of elevate Manchester United to that attacking fullback threat that you see from so many great sides these days. So I think it's somewhere where Ten Hag, again, touch wood, assuming he does get the job because he still seems a favorite, but nothing's been set in stone per se. That is something he's going to need to look at and something he's going to need to consider uh, in terms of upgrades to make for the team. So I think we'll actually need two new fullbacks. God, I think we'll probably need a centre-back. I think we'll need a defensive midfielder and maybe a forward, probably one forward, uh, probably a winger because Greenwood doesn't look like he's coming back. Diallo hasn't had a great spell at Rangers, so I don't think he's going to be up for playing Premier League for Manchester United. I think he'll lead another one. And Martial has just been so inconsistent. He started all right at Sevilla, but he slowed down a bit in the last month or so. So I kind of look at that and I think we're going to need something else because uh, Ronaldo's 38 next year if he does hang around, and I hope he does. But again, I wouldn't expect him to because it all comes down to this Champions League spot, like I said last week. We'll need to buy, we'll need to invest defensively, and God knows we need to CDM as well. We have to get a central defensive midfielder. Matic is leaving at the end of the season. That's now confirmed. Uh, probably for the best, but uh, we need to get someone young, someone mobile, and someone that can, is actually a natural defensive midfielder, not a box-to-box midfielder like Fred or McTominay, and just force them to be a CDM or try and force them to play double pivot when they kind of just self-delegate who's going to be CDM because that's what's left us exposed for the last three years, I guess, through our midfield. So invest there. Centre-back, full-backs, DM, and a winger, which if we get Ten Hag, people think, Anthony, I'm all for it. Brilliant player, talented player. Sancho we signed to play right wing, but so many other players have been so poor, he's ended up becoming our left winger, and then Alanga plays out on the right. I mean, they kind of interchange throughout the game as well, but yeah, we're going to need somebody else, and I'm fine with the player like Anthony. So we'll see how we go. It's something I'll touch on in the coming weeks, and especially once the transfer window opens and the season's done. Uh, I'll definitely talk a lot more about the transfers and who we think we're going to see coming and going and who will be the best investments for United. Now, is top four a possibility? I mentioned the table before. Um, we're level with points on Ar- we're level on points with Arsenal, but they have a game in hand. We're three points behind Spurs, same number of games played. It is perfectly possible. Our run-in is tough. Manchester United have not got an easy final set of fixtures um, compared to Spurs and Arsenal. I think... They are kind of similar. I'll double check it, but um, essentially, we all—I believe we all of Chelsea. I'm um, looking at the fixtures coming up now, but it is going to be a very tough run for Manchester United. I think we've got the hardest of the three, starting with Liverpool this week. Um, we've got Liverpool, then we've got Arsenal, and I believe there's also our next game is Chelsea as well. So, uh, with a couple of catch-up games in amongst that as well, yeah, uh, it's going to be. A pretty tough draw for United. But again, it just depends on the form. Like, 
Actually, we can't, honestly, I don't think we're beating Liverpool. Even on our day, I don't think we're capable of beating Liverpool. But Chelsea, we drew against last time, we frustrated them, and we really could have snatched a win as well. Uh, and any other mid-table or relegation-threatened side, I think Manchester United are capable of defeating as to whether we will is something completely different. But, <clears throat> sorry. Yeah, so the coming games, you've got Liverpool on Wednesday, Arsenal on the weekend, Chelsea the following week, then Brentford, Brighton, Crystal Palace. Um, and then... Yeah, that is the end of the season. Then you've got preseason after then. So Palace will be the last game. Of these coming fixtures, do I think we'll beat Liverpool? No, I think we take an L. I think we lose to Liverpool. Can we beat Arsenal? Yes, this game is vital. If we beat Arsenal, I genuinely think we can get a run going and actually like jump them comfortably uh, and then kind of leave it down to United and Spurs in that race for the top four. Arsenal also have Spurs as well. They face each other, I think, in a few weeks. So if they could draw as well, that would be brilliant just to see them both drop points and give United that opportunity to gain, well, I guess two extra points on either of them if we win that match, whichever falls in that same weekend. So yeah, Liverpool, I don't think we win. Arsenal, I think we can win and I hope we do. Chelsea, I actually believe we can win as well. I'm not convinced by Chelsea at the moment. They're good, but I just don't think... I don't think they have that X factor that Liverpool and City have when they can absolutely batter us. I mean, any team can batter anyone on any given day, but I'm just not... I'm doubtful they'd do that. And I think if we can turn into a scrap or at least if it ends up being a close game, I think United can beat them. I think we are capable. And the players are going to have to dig deep because we're at that stage where there's no second chances. We need to be winning or at least getting points from these sorts of games. Then the final three, we've got Brentford, Brighton and Crystal Palace. Every single one of those has to be three points. Can we do it? Yes. Will we do it? We will see. It starts with the tougher games. Look, put in a shift against Liverpool, beat Arsenal, get points off Chelsea, and then win the other three. And United will, or certainly can, finish top four. So fingers crossed. Look, looking forward, today's game is going to be a bit of a shorter one. Looking forward to the upcoming Liverpool game. I'm pretty... I'm not looking forward to it. I'll put it that way. Most games that United have coming up, I'm excited. I'm G'd up. I'm like, hell yeah, get to watch United. Or at least, like, you know what I mean? United game, it's game day. Can watch it before work. Can watch it on my weekend. Something to do and something I enjoy. Liverpool, I'm not looking forward to this game. This game cannot, like, it can come soon enough. I usually, I'm eager. I'm, sorry. Um, usually, I'm incredibly eager. I cannot wait. This game, honestly, I'd be more than happy if it got put on pause, if it got postponed. I just do not want to watch this game. Because do I think we'll win? No, I'm not confident about this one. I'm confident about most. And I'm generally a bit of an optimist. But for this game, I'm just not. Um... They just look so good. They're a brilliant side. The same goes for City. Um, they're playing great football and the way they are relentlessly pressuring. And like they beat City yesterday as well in the FA Cup semi-final. Like, they are one of the best teams in the world and we just aren't. We're closer to the teams that are fighting relegation. So I'm not looking forward to this game, nor should I. I don't think many United fans would be. A score prediction, if I was to do one, well, I guess I will do one now that I've mentioned it. But if I was to predict the score for the United-Liverpool game, I'm... I think we'll score. I think we actually might grab a goal, but I reckon 4-1 we'd go down. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope United prove me wrong. But against this side, I just don't see it not being a bit of a battering. I think we're capable of scoring. I saw, look, they conceded a couple of goals against City yesterday. Um, the scraps in the box and they weren't able to clear their lines. And also the City game in the league, the two-all, uh, they were quite easily undone by long balls over the top. So... I think if Lindelof plays for United, his ability to distribute that ball and hit him forward passes early is quite threatening for an opposing side like Liverpool when they play their high line. So there is, I think they can be exposed defensively, but I think the way we're defending in our back four at the moment, 
coming up against any of their forwards. It doesn't matter whether it's Salah, Mane, Jota, Luis Diaz, Bobby Firmino. Whichever combination of those players they put into a front three, I do not think we're going to be capable of uh, keeping them at bay. And if we do, I will be so, so impressed and relieved as well. So, yeah, I guess those are my predictions for the upcoming game. Uh, those are my thoughts on, I guess, yeah, uh, the sorry, the Norwich game as well. Big performance and I guess still a lot to discuss because maybe, just maybe, United aren't done in the race for the top four. So I hope they proved me wrong last week and get in amongst it and even manage to finish top four. Uh, there's plenty more to come from me. So anyway, thanks for listening, guys. I'm out.